Well, good morning. It's been a good morning. I told Barbie I was going to come out and just say, well, raise your hand, because uh, Jeremy basically did my message, and uh, it was, uh, it's good. It's a good day. Let me quickly get through some announcements, and we're just going to see how this goes, okay? Um, tonight starts our vision casting gatherings. Uh, I hope that you are planning to come. 5 o'clock p.m., we're going to start a potluck dinner. Uh, over 100, uh, nearly 100 people as of yesterday were signed up to bring stuff online. We're going to have plenty of food, so that's not going to be a problem. Come be a part of that five o'clock and eat with us. Six o'clock is going to start the gathering. Now, if you have youth or kids, we have full-blown youth ministry, full-blown kids ministry tonight, not babysitting, actual ministry. They're going to have their services just like they have in the morning. So bring them as well. We want them to be here a part of it. Uh, Over the next three weeks, we're going to unpackage 2024 and the vision the Lord's given us for Springhouse. And man, you don't want to miss it. Please come and be a part of uh, what God's doing and and come tonight, uh, five o'clock to eat, six o'clock for the gathering. Okay. Uh, Pastor Wayne Berry started a series on Thursday night. We began our midweek gatherings back six o'clock to seven o'clock. Seeing Jesus, phenomenal message on Thursday. Go back and watch it if you weren't here, but come this coming week if you can, six o'clock and join our midweek gathering as he brings the word uh, in this series, Seeing Jesus. Also, this is referenced by Jeremy. We have a Bible reading plan. We are going through the New Testament together. Who's been going through the New Testament? Uh Uh-oh, accountability right here, okay? Uh, five chapters a week. That means if you miss it a day or you miss it a second day. If you miss it a third day, just do two chapters in one day and you'll still be on track, okay? But it's a five by five by five reading plan. It's available on our uh, app and out, hard copy out in the foyer. Uh, if you're with us, you were tracking through Mark this week and uh, Mark 6 through 10. And uh, you will see as we move into time here uh, at Springhouse on Sundays, you'll see some of those uh, some of those scriptures weaving into the message and that's that type of thing. So I encourage you to be a part of of doing this together in unity. I think it's going to be really, really rich and really good. And so as announced uh, two weeks ago, we started a new series uh, called His Word. We're doing three parts, His Word, His Life, and His Church. Uh, and so we're in the His Word uh, portion of the message. Um, and, uh, you know, I we brought out third screen first, the first Sunday, uh, right? No, no, Justin did a great job, did he not? You know, I'm, I'm not a bunch of a, a much of a sports buff. I know there's minor league and major league baseball. Uh, you're going to get probably minor league today, but let's stand today and let's read together with gusto. We're going to read from the message Bible, which actually just lends itself to some gusto reading, okay? So I really want to hear you read like you believe the word of God. Here we go. Let's read together. No, 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 no. You, you're just so, you're so obedient. I love it. This is the question that we're going to be answering today. (laughs) Why is it important to have an active daily relationship with his word? And how does it apply to our daily interactions? Circumstances. Here's the thing. You're like, well, that must be the message version. I wouldn't know. So (laughs) we're going to answer this question. Let's read together. What a God we have. And how fortunate we are to have him, this father of our master Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including future in heaven, and the future starts now. God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. The day is coming when you'll have it all, life healed and whole. I know how great this makes you feel, even though you have to put up with every kind of aggravation in the meantime. Pure gold put in the fire comes out proved pure. Genuine faith 
put through this suffering comes out proved genuine. When Jesus wraps this all up, it's your faith, not your gold, that will have, God will have on display as evidence of his victory. Father, I thank you for your grace and mercy in our lives. I thank you that your word is alive, that it is active, that it is real, that it is a truth that we can stand on. And I pray, Lord, that it would change lives today. Thank you that you never fail us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Sherry and I will often, uh, before the turn of the new year, we will pray for a word for our family. And I encourage you to do that. If you don't do that, and it's not too late, there's nothing magical about January 1st. If you haven't done that, I would encourage you to pray for the Lord to give you a word for you and your family, a direction to go. But this past year, as I was praying, the Lord gave me actually a word for the church. And, and I, I tell you, um, this is not really my MO to do what I'm about to do, but I'm going to do it because I feel like I'm walking in obedience to what the Holy Spirit's asked me to do. But I feel like the Lord has given me a word for us, uh, a word for, for Springhouse. And it's not a word that I like. Uh, that's the unfortunate part, <laughs> though I think the word is really good. And I think it's really timely. And so the word that the Lord has given me for us is refined. I believe that the Lord is taking us through a refining season, a refining season. Okay, open the doors for those who are wanting to leave. Uh, a refining season, okay? Um, what does refined mean? Refined means this, reducing or removing present impurities. I believe that what God has for us is so massively huge that he wants to get into our lives right now in our content, complacent states, some of us. And he wants to begin to sift out some of the impurities, some of the things, the lies that we gravitated to. He wants to begin to sift out some things so that only pure things are left so that he can do a mighty work in your life. Now, refining doesn't feel good. Because in order for something to be refined, if gold is refined, it's got to be burned. It's got to be melted. It's got to go through hard hardships. It's got to go through hard time. And who wants to sign up for that? Unless there's something really wonderful on the other side. And church, I'm here to tell you that I believe that there's some really great things on the other side. I've had the privilege of counseling some people, walking through some stuff with some people, and I definitely believe that this is a season for this word. And so what I want us to do, what I'm asking us to do is instead of walking away from it and putting our hands up, I want us as a church to lean into it. I want us to lean into it because, guys, I believe on the other side, we're going to see captives set free. I believe that we're going to see prodigals come home. I believe that we're going to see that relationships be reconciled. I believe that he's going to mend broken places and he's going to cover hurt wounds. He's going to wipe tears from our eyes. Do you want to see God do those types of things in your life and in your lives of your friends and family? Yes. Amen. Well, I believe as we lean into being willing to be refined he will sift out those things and what remains will be of him. So let's lean into that. Let's lean into that. And I can't think of a better season for this word uh, to our body as we go through a series on his word, his life, and his church. Whenever... Um, this was uh, last year we went through, uh, we, I went to the JBQ Junior Bible Quiz competition. Where was that? The big one. What state? 
It was in some state in America, and uh, I was there. I couldn't remember where it was first gathering. And so we were there, and I, I remember looking, and what the, they do is they give out these badges for kids who have memorized scripture. And so the guy was up there, and he said, if you have memorized 25 scriptures, I want you to come and get your, get your badge. And the kids just rest the stage. It's like, wow, 25 scriptures memorized this year. That's great. The coaches hold them accountable. Then he said, if you've memorized 50 scriptures, I would like you to come to the stage. And the kids got up and rushed the stage. If you memorized 100 scriptures this past year, I want you to come up and get your badge. Kids rushed the stage. If you've memorized 200 scriptures, I want you to come and get you. Is anybody, I've got $100 in my pocket. Anybody memorized 200 scriptures this year? No? 200 scriptures and they rushed. I became verklempt and I began to cry. I began to weep. And I thought to myself, Lord, thank you so much that the next generation is learning your word and having it written on their hearts. Thank you that they are, mem- thank you for this program. And I, got, I became so undone that I went to the restroom, which is where I go when I become undone. And uh, I went to the restroom and I went to go blow my nose and I, I went to use the restroom. And in, the, in a guy's restroom, there's urinals. And uh, I was at the urinal and I was just thanking the Lord of saying, Lord, thank you so much. And as I looked up above the urinal, there was a sign and that sign said this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And the Holy Spirit of God began to minister to my heart. And he said, Kevin, can you imagine what would happen if the people you lead at Springhouse would grab a hold of my word as a foundation? I will send my Holy Spirit and they will receive power to conquer and defeat anything that they're going through. If the word of God is kerosene and the Holy Spirit is fire, when you put those two things together, explosive things happen. And I believe that explosive things are gonna happen in our lives. Real wonderfully, wonderfully explosive things are in store for those who allow the word to be written on the flesh tablet of our heart, that the word would be there strong and solid so that when we access the Holy Spirit of God, then we will be able to operate in complete truth, giving Jesus Christ the glory due his name. I want to see captives set free people and I want to see numbers added to the kingdom. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And so we're going to talk about his Holy Spirit this year, but it's fitting for us to start with a foundation of his word. Here's the thing. This is what happens in a lot of charismatic church circles. We think we have heard something from the Lord that doesn't necessarily line up with the word, but we don't know the word. So we just go in full tandem toward what we think we've heard and we mess a bunch of things up. And we are willing to live and die on a word that is not true. So we must have a foundation of the word because God will never tell you to do something that does not line up with his word. And so what we do is we wait till we're sick. We wait till we have a problem. We wait till we have a circumstance, a situation, and we try to chapter and verse a quick fix solution to the problem. But let me tell you something. If you will fall in love with the whole picture of God's word, then not only will you have an answer for your problem, but you will be prepared for the situation before it comes. What would it look like if we were proactive instead of reactive? What would it look like if we actually knew and believed what God said about us? Somebody said to me recently, they said, you know, we're trying to proclaim that God says I am this and that, but we don't know what God says we are, who God says we are, because we're not in his word. 
I am so thankful for God's word. The Bible is the instruction manual for our lives. I know that's a cliche statement for Christians, but it is true. It is the instruction manual, and we must pay attention to the instructions, all the instructions. I um, joined a gym several years ago. Not there anymore. Starting, though, I just started back to a gym, uh, but, uh, but a better gym, by, by the way. But, uh, but I, um, I joined a gym, and part of joining the gym, there was a consultation that could take place at the start of the membership. And I booked a, I booked a time to go and meet with this guy. His name was Spike. Uh, Spike is a gym name, you know, that's a, and, and he was a big dude. I mean, he was, he was, he was bulked out. And so, uh, anyway, I, I scheduled this appointment at two o'clock because I had an appointment at school at four o'clock. And I thought, okay, if we have the appointment, it's supposed to be an hour, two to three, I'll make it to the school by four and I'll have my meeting. And so I go and I'm ready to go and I show up early in hopes that Spike will be able to meet me a little early. So I get there at 1:45 and I'm sitting there. I go up to the desk, sign my name. This lady hands me this, this pamphlet, this, 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 these papers. And she says, I want you to read over this and sit down and Spike will be right out. Well, I sit down and I put the papers down and I just start texting and stuff. And I'm waiting eagerly for Spike to come out. Two o'clock comes, no Spike. 205, 2.15, 2.25, 2.30, Spike comes out and says, are you Kevin? I said, yes, I am. Now I'm frustrated because I've got a meeting at four and Spike has, it's been 30 minutes and he's late coming out. It's supposed to be an hour consultation. Now I'm not showing Spike that I'm upset because he's a big dude, you know, so I'm smiling, but inside I'm real frustrated. And so Spike takes me over to where the weights are and he gives me some weights and he has me do lunges. You know what lunges are? Okay. He has me take these weights and I'm supposed to go down like this and come up and then go down like this and come up. Now I'm in a hurry because I have a meeting. So my lunges were not slow. They were kind of like, and I'll go, you know, real fast. And then, and, and I would do them and, and he was really excited. He was like, man, that's really good. And the more, the better I did, the more weight he would give me. And the better I did, the more lunges he would have me do. But I was just going because I was ready to get done with this consultation. So I was going and going and going and going, did all these lunges with these weights. Well, three o'clock rolls around and Spike says, well, Mr. O'Day, thank you so much. I'm going to write up some things and I'll be sending you an email about a workout regimen that I think would be good for you. Now, in my mind, I'm thinking, you cheated me out of 30 minutes, but I have a meeting, so I'm not really worried about it. So I let him go and uh, we're on the second story of this gym and we have to go downstairs in order to get down to the bottom. I can't lift my legs. And so I, I'm in so much, I'm in excruciating pain and I did not feel the pain when I was doing the lunges, but I felt the pain trying to go down the steps. Spike, he's shorter than me. Spike came and picked me up and carried me down the steps. The most embarrassing thing as all these people are walking by, he carried me down and I'm walking like this in tears, mind you, as I walk out of the gym. Not a good advertisement for that gym, by the way. They need to, they need to have a back door entry or exit or something like that. But, but so I get to my car, putting my legs in the car. I get to the car and I just break crying. And I look at this pamphlet that the girl gave me. And on the very front in big, in the biggest letters, guys, it said, Please take the first 30 minutes and do the following stretches before the consultation. You must read the instruction manual or you're going to go through pain. And as you go through pain, if you're lucky enough, lucky enough, you're blessed enough as I am to have friends, this is what happens. 
God is still good even when it hurts. What that video was is of me picking up trash at the school because here's the point. You don't get to abdicate your responsibility when you do something wrong. When you don't read the instruction manual, when you don't do what God tells you to do, it, the Bible tells us that his call and his gifts are irrevocable. Now, we like to preach that whenever we've been long gone, we come back and say, oh, I still get to do what God told me to do. But even in the midst of the pain, you have the responsibility for the gift and the call God has given you. And even if you're running through and you're with the pain, that just shows a mark of spiritual maturity that you would continue to go. I'm not going to let that trash sit out there in that, in that parking lot of the school, even though I'm in pain because I have a responsibility and I've been called. God is so faithful and he will never fail you. But guys, sometimes we have to understand that we're going to feel some things when we make a left turn, when we're supposed to make a right turn. So many times we question God in the middle of the pain that we have afflicted on ourselves. And we don't like to feel. Boy, do we not like to feel. But I'm going to tell you, if you are on a pathway to full healing, to all of you are, if you're on the pathway to wholeness, there is a section of that journey that's going to cause you to feel something. It might be hurt, pain, grief, whatever it is, but you are going to have to feel something. And God allows us to feel things. He allows us to feel things. So often we look at our lives and we go to God and we beseech God and we say, God, please take care of this. Please take care of that. And what we're asking him to do is alleviate the pain of the symptom that we're going through. Lord, please remove this addiction. God, please remove this, 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 this uh, insecurity. Please, please remove this, uh, this vice that I have. Please get me out of this relationship. And you wonder where God is. Have you ever prayed a prayer? Very specific. And it's like radio silence from the Lord. Anybody? Here's the thing. We often bring our symptoms to the Lord, but he is after the root. So sometimes when we pray and we say, God, I don't want this addiction in my life. Guess what? You're going to be more susceptible to the addiction because he's going to tap the thing at the root on the shoulder because he wants to unroot that thing. And so you're going to be having to contend with more temptation than you are. But guess what? He's going to walk with you. He's going to give you the strength that you need to overcome. But you might be praying the wrong prayer. Is it the symptom or is it the root? We have a God who is so good about yanking roots out of our lives, roots that are not supposed to be there. And I believe that there are people here this morning who are broken who have leaned into vices that have numbed pain for years, who have leaned into things that they're not proud of, that come in here with a smile plastered over the shame behind it. And you're wondering where God is because he has not removed the symptom. I'm here to tell you that he wants to get at the root today. He wants to set you free. So here's my question, church. Do you trust, do you, trust the God of the Bible? Or do you trust the version of God that accommodates the lifestyle you want to live? Because we are so good at justifying our actions. We live in a generation who is redefining Christianity without the use of biblical principles. And the reason that is happening is because the generation doesn't know the word. And parents in the room, 
I'm so glad it's on the Holy Spirit and not on us. But parents in the room, you better bet your kids are watching you. The next generation is watching all of us. We say we acknowledge God. We say we love this God. What does it look like when we treat people at the grocery store, when somebody cuts us off, when when, all of the things, what are we posting on Facebook that's in writing forever? Does it mimic, is it the Jesus I want to get behind or is it Jesus I don't want anything to do with? But we have to be allowing him to get to the root. And in order for him to get to the root, guys, we have to know the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the, not a truth. He's not a way, a truth, a life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Do you know the truth? Do you know the truth. We think that our prayers are not being answered, but God is trying to get to the root. Justin was preaching a few weeks ago and he's preaching on this and we laughed about it because it's so hard, but count it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Here's the deal. When you are chasing after, when you're really chasing after the Lord, you're going to go through some trials because you have to face and feel the thing that he's trying to get you unrooted from. So the call is toward perseverance through the trial with joy. Why joy? Because that's where our strength comes from. And so you're contending with stuff, friends. There are things in here, every one of you, we've got some things, we got some broken pieces. We've got some hurt places. Are you persevering with joy? Are you asking him to unroot that thing from the very very root where he can pull it up where it has no more life? Daily perseverance. I was over by Laverne High School and the cross country team was running and uh, I saw some runners and boy, they were smooth. Saw a whole group of them just, just as fast as they go. And then they got winded and they stopped running and they were just walking like this, you know? And And then they were doing this. And then there's this, this, there was this larger girl who did not have the form of a runner at all. And the whole five minutes I was sit, standing there, she was just doing this motion right here. But do you, can I tell you, she did not stop this the entire five minutes. She continued to go. It doesn't matter what you look like. It's not about getting there fast. It's about persevering and being consistent and faithful. Yes. Being consistent and faithful. And so... If you're, if you're trying to get at something, it may take years for you to receive complete healing, but you better stay the course. Stay the course because when you stop, you are susceptible to all those symptoms and all those things that can set you back a few steps and you want to continue to move forward. God will give you the strength. He never fails us. Do you know that your feelings are fickle? Your feelings change. Your circumstances change. Relationships change. All of these are attributed to facts and some of us have allowed our lives, the way that we live our lives, to be ordered based on a bunch of facts rather than truth. Guys, I have to tell you, facts change, truth doesn't. I'm your pastor, that's a fact. I am hungry, that's also a fact. (laughs) I'm depressed, I'm not well, I'm sick. All facts. There's a God in heaven who loves me and is for me and not against me, that's truth. God wants me to be whole. That's truth. God has a plan for my life. That's truth. There are truths in here that never change. And I'm so glad that we serve a God who has a word that never changes. Guys, this word does not evolve with cultural norms. 
This world does not, this word does not evolve and change based on what is on the news stations or based on what you're hearing from a neighbor or based on what you see in front of you. This word has stood the test of time and will continue to go, to continue to do so until he comes back and gets us. So our desire is to have a, uh, should be to have a renewing of our mind that we conform to this word and not to the pattern of the world and not to a place where we justify our daily interactions, our daily circumstances by anything else, but the standard by which God has said, and guess what? He says, be holy because I am holy. If he says, be holy, that tells me there's a, there is an opportunity for us to be holy. There's a way that we can be holy and his holiness is undergirded by his truth and he gives us the strength to do it. He gives us the strength to do it. It is impossible to apply truth when you don't know it. It's impossible. So my question, do you know the truth? Are you in an active daily relationship with the word? Unfortunately, we know too many more lies than we know truth. And we can attach our entire being, our entire lives and how we live and act and breathe to a lie. And the danger is, the real danger is when we don't know the truth and we try to help somebody else. I'm gonna tell you what I think truth is. And then they buy into that because they don't know the truth. And now we've got a bunch of people who don't know the truth and they're living a life off the lie. And we wonder, where's God in the middle of all of it? When you get on an airplane, one of the first things that you will hear if you have kids is the attendant will come and say, put on your mask before you put on theirs. And may we be a church that owns and knows the truth before we start trying to help other people. You don't have to go far to find the lies, but you do have to be intentional in knowing the truth. This is what Jesus said in John 8. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I want to see a church full of free people. I want to see a church full of people that are liberated to dance before the Lord. If you read in Mark chapter uh, 9 or 10 uh, this week, you would have read about Jesus healing Bartimaeus. You, do you realize Jesus didn't just get Bartimaeus up and say, okay, let me just help you over to what you're trying to do today. Jesus got to the root of the issue. If you're blind, why don't I just let you see? If you're lame, I'm just gonna help you get up. Why don't I just heal your infirmity so we get to the root and you can get on with your life? Do you want God to touch the roots, people? Do you want God to change things in your life? Get in his word. Apply truth to your situation. The word of God has stood the test of time and it is essential to living a righteous lifestyle daily. I talked about this before, but the constitution of the United States, I so appreciate this document. I appreciate the men and women who fought for this, for us to have uh, freedom, for us to do what we do here on Sunday mornings. But when you became a citizen of the kingdom, you ascribe to a different constitution. You live geographically on America and you, you abide by this constitution, but the constitution of the kingdom is this right here. And this supersedes this constitution. And so this constitution says, hey, take up your rights. Take up your rights as an individual. This constitution invites you to lay those rights down. We live in a kingdom. If you're a believer, you live in a kingdom. You're a part of a kingdom and our kingdom is not run by a democracy. We do not vote this God out because we don't like what he says. He is a king. But I am so glad that we serve a king that does not rule with an iron fist. 
He rules and reigns with grace and mercy and love and justice, and he loves you. And he wants to see you whole. Whenever I discipline one of my daughters, it does not feel good to them, but it is birthed and bathed out of love. I allow them to walk through the pain of the consequence because I love them and I want their life to be rich and full. Your God does the same thing. So you have a problem. Aren't you glad you came to church today? What'd you learn? I have a problem. (laughs) You have a problem and so does your neighbor. You have a problem. And it's super important that we recognize what the problem actually is. But the hope that we have is not just that we have a problem, it's that God has a solution. God has a solution. And God's answers always line up with his word, with his word. So do you need healing today? Is that your problem? Do you need comfort? Are you grieving? Is that your problem? Do you need a relationship restored? Is that your issue? Is that your problem? Are you broken today? Are you walking in shame? Is that your problem? Is that your issue? God has an answer for you. And he wants to meet you right where you are. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with some of your heart. No, all of your heart. Our God is not too far that he will not be found. He will be found every time. I've been going through a hard season. Some of you know about it. And Sherry told me the other morning when I woke up, she said, Kevin, I don't know what it was, but you were sobbing while you were sleeping. And it just must mean that there's stuff inside me that he is working out of me. But do you know that I believe that the Holy Spirit of God was brooding over me while I was sleeping? He broods over, he knows the most dark inner thoughts of your life, those dark, deep, dark places that you're so scared to let anybody, he knows those places. And you know what, furthermore, he's gonna ask you, this is gonna be the hardest thing, he's gonna ask you to invite somebody into that spot and you're gonna fight him. You're not gonna wanna do it. But God says, I have so much for you, son. I have so much for you, daughter. If you will just let them in so I can minister to that hurt, so I can minister to that wound. Guys, he loves us. He'll never fail us. I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. He doesn't always answer the way we want him to. But may we have eyes open to see the way he answers our prayers. Do you trust God? Because we are being refined. And when Jesus wraps this all up, it is your faith, not your gold that God will have on display as evidence of his victory. Last week, if you were here, Pastor Barbie invited, come on out, Cole, invited um, a group of people to come up. And she said, if you feel like you have a gift or a call of writing, musicianship, anything like that, and so many of you came. And I was thinking about Cole this past week because Cole just recently wrote a song He's certainly a, a talented, wonderful, gifted musician. And, um, but the reason I wanted him to do this particular song is because it's birthed from a real hard place. 
And I believe as he shares your, his testimony, I think you're going to find how God can take ashy situations and really make them beautiful. And what I'm, I'm suggesting today, what I'm urging us to do today is to find places where when we're in ashy situations, not to reach out to the world's advice, not to reach out to what we think would be right, but to reach out to the truth of God's word. And Cole's song that he wrote is straight up scripture. So Cole, would you still share a little bit of your story? And then you're gonna do that song for us. Yeah, I'm, I'm Cole Burkett, if anyone doesn't know me. Um, my wife's down here, Kaylin. We just got married uh, in June. And uh, about a month later, I figured out that we had, that I have a three-year-old daughter. Um, so obviously pretty crazy news. Uh, it definitely ushered in a season that we were not um, expecting. But the Lord prepared in me things throughout my life to help me know exactly where to go when the storms came. And they came. <laughs> and they've come, you know. And my heart and my spirit, it just yearns. It, it was yearning for a just a moment of, of intimacy with the Lord. And I know that that's I know that some some of us, if not all of us in this in this room, in this church this morning, you crave and you yearn for just a moment, just a, a glimpse of, of, a, of a time with the Lord. And I, and I tell you where it is. It's in the Word. It's in the Word. I knew that's where I had to go, so that's where I went. But man, isn't it funny how sometimes you don't want to run to the Lord and you just continue to neglect God, you continue to run away from him. Man, he's right behind you. Because you don't want to feel uncomfortable with a God you barely know. You don't want to be alone, but that's the best place you could be, is that moment with God. And that's what this song, and God is my refuge. Because I've been, I've, I'm in a fortress, we're all in a fortress. And I'm being attacked, but I will not be shaken because my foundation is on the word of God and in the cross and the resurrection. You where my hope comes from. My soul can finally rest in mm -hmm. Truly He is my rock He's my salvation He is my fortress And I will not be shaken All my faith and all my Mama 
are going to minister come forward we're just going to have you do that song would you guys stand with me this morning I want to tell you one one quick I'm, I'm going over I apologize we don't like to go over here but if you'll just hang with me for another couple of minutes about two years ago my daughter Hadassah four daughters my daughter Hadassah she had a splinter anybody ever had a splinter splinters hurt they hurt adults. They definitely hurt kids. And uh, I set her up on the countertop, and she's just crying. I mean, she's just in so much pain. She's just crying, Daddy, 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 it hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. And I said, Hadassah, if you'll just let me take the splinter out, the, the second the splinter is out, the pain will go away. She's just screaming and crying. No, Daddy, no, Daddy, it hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. And after about 10 minutes of her just going back and forth with me, back and forth with me, she finally conceded, but it was so painful. And I remember the moment I grabbed and pinched and pulled out the scream that she let out. But the minute the splinter was gone, the minute the splinter was gone, 
who says of all the pain that subsided, she had tears on her face, she was still a mess, but the pain was gone. The next morning I was driving her to school and I wanted to kind of reinforce the point and I said, Dadasa, do you remember yesterday when I said, if you'll just trust me, if you'll just trust me when the splinter's out, the pain would go. And she said, Daddy, Daddy, yes, I do trust you, except for when it hurts. I wonder how many of us say we trust God except for when it hurts. Today, God wants to unroot. He wants to uproot some places in your life that you have been holding on to for years, some of you decades. And if you'll come today, I believe there's liberation and freedom. And these people, they're gonna pray with you, but guess where they're gonna point you? To the word of God. Because this is what will bring about freedom in your life. So if it is you and you need prayer, do not leave here the same way you came in. Allow the refining process to begin right now today and allow him to uproot those things so that you don't have to come in here carrying shame and guilt any longer. That's why he went to the cross. So come this morning. If you need prayer, Cole's gonna lead us. Let's, let's take care of business.